Abba, thank you for this day. Another new day that you've allowed me to take part in, to come walk with you, teach me, and allow me to be a conduit for your truth, your knowledge, and wisdom. Father, that I could share this with anyone who can hear me and listen and seek you, Father. Any that can hear me, listen and seek you. Go to your word, seek and find the truth. So, brothers and sisters, ah, thank you, Father. In this day, Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua, Aman, Paraklitos, Aman. I've shared with you a few times and I'll keep sharing with you and sometimes things that I share will seem, may seem redundant, um, but many of the things that I share with you are going to be a little bit different and the tenets of our Lord God bear repeating. Truth bears repeating. And I've shared with you the difference already that so many seek lies that for some reason lies ride more comfortably with them. I, I'm, I'm really at a ponderance for that. I, can't, I don't understand why people would prefer to be lied to and that grown-ups, older children and teaching younger children and even teachers, <laughs> oh my God, my God, my Father, forgive us for this, are teaching children that it's okay to lie. Wow. Um, and I've shared with you that the little tiny white lies, oh, it's okay because you're not hurting somebody's feelings. A lie is a lie. And if you teach them that that lie is okay, then they will grow and learn that deceit is the way to get around things that you don't want to do or that you should do. And if you deceive, you can get by it. A lie is a lie. Share the analogy with you when you lie to your wife and tell her that she looks really good in, a, in an outfit that she bought recently, but she looks absolutely hideous. But you don't want to tell her that because now you're looking at your watch, you're tapping your foot, you're late for your dinner date that you had reservations at the fancy schmancy restaurant for. So your priority is over your comforture and not hers. Interesting how that happens. And 99.99999% of the time when people are lying to others, it's because of their comforture and not for the person that they're lying to or about. It's for their own personal, arrogant, self-centered comforture. So then you have a wife who will lie to her husband about this new suit that he just bought that makes him look like a, looks like he's wearing pantaloons, but he's not. And for you, those that don't know, pantaloons were actually a, Back a long time ago, pantaloons were a 
or a uniform pant that were that came down. You've seen them in old pictures where they come down and then they bulge way out down about mid thigh or just past the thigh. I don't even understand why they made those. I guess cavalry soldiers were I I'm I'm not even understanding why, but they had that big bulb out. Well, the suit that he bought does the same thing, except it wasn't made that way. So it makes him look like a clown. But because she didn't want to be in an uncomfortable position, she didn't want to hurt his feelings there, she lied to him and told him that, no, it's good, it looks good, but it makes him look ridiculous. So she lied to him and they could get out and get in the car and get going because she wanted to meet her friends and sit at the bar with him for a few minutes before they went in to sit down and eat. Ah, but now the truth is revealed. Why? Because there are individuals out there that will tell the truth, and especially if they're not in a personal relationship other than friendship, and they don't have to live with a person all the time, they tell them the truth. Or just because they are their friends, they always tell them the truth. Because friends generally do that. So the first opportunity that the herd of uh, wives get an opportunity, or the group of wives that don't want anybody to get offended out there and get your knickers all twisted up, but the group of women, they make their way into the restroom, and then as soon as they get in there, it's like, oh my gosh, Mary, what were you thinking? That dress is horrible looking. It makes you, it makes you look at least thirty pounds bigger than what you are. Oh, now she's all upset. She's crying and weeping. They try to get her to dry her eyes and everything. She throws her stuff in the purse. And now, in through this, now she's getting mad. Now she stomps out of the restroom. She gets out there and she heads for the door and her husband catches her. And he's like, man, where'd she go? And she's mad. And then the friends call out to her, hey, Babo. Don't wear that suit anymore, man. It makes you look like a clown. It's not good on you, brother. And out the door he goes to chase after her. And now the truth is revealed to him by the friends that generally always tell him the truth. And her friends, I use the air quotation marks, have told her the truth. And she's mad. And now he's trying to talk to her. She doesn't even want to hear anything. And he tries to grab her purse to, you know, Honey, honey, what, 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 I don't know, what did, what did, so, got you so upset? She yanks away from him. Now he knows that she's really mad at him. It's not that she fell or that anything happened that insulted her there. She should have gone to him anyway, period. So a lie is a lie. And isn't it interesting how we tend to always try to take care of things and, and, uh, <laughs> on our own and just make things a chaotic mess. But my reading this morning on God's Day, I'm going to get up here and get ready so that I can go and meet brothers and sisters and other members of the body, and we're going to meet at his house. Thankfully, prayerfully, and worshipfully. And I've shared this, there's a number of scriptures 
that I've shared with you that all relate to this. You can find one in, you can find one in the real Old Testament. There's a passage in Deuteronomy, and then you have Isaiah, and then you find it in Psalms, and then you find it in. I think there's just a short one in Joshua, and it talks about waiting on the Lord. And we are told also <clears throat> at the end of Luke, and we are also told in the first of Acts, um, yeah, we are given a great commission to go out and share the word, but we're also given a command by Jesus Christ at the end of Luke and at the beginning of the Acts, Jesus reminds us to wait what are we waiting for? We're waiting to be endued with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, now it's time, you've got me, let's go, I've got you ready, now let's go. And many will go off half-cocked, oh, we got this, we got this, we got this, and you see them go out, and then they don't know how to answer questions, they don't know how they relate to others. And there's a uh, there's a gathering taking place very soon here. I was at the prayer meeting and didn't get the exact date on that. But the thing of it is that what I like is that my brother has reminded all of us that prayer is really important. Praying before you go into the situation and praying when you are in and praying as you exit and over those that you were sharing with. But here's a really great thing. And I think I'm gonna have to get in and, and there is a specific reason that when the disciples first went out and he sent two by two. And I think some of them might have missed it, but that's okay because there are students that were just learning and teaching them. And he explained to them and some of them got on to it pretty good, but things didn't go exactly according to plan or the way that they expected it to go or that they wanted it to happen. But you got to remember something. This is why you wait on the Lord. The Lord will give you your strength. The Lord will give you utterance through the Holy Spirit to tell you the direction that you need to follow and the direction you need to go and you pray into as you're going. So this Fellowship and the sharing time is coming up. It was really great because God's house that I attend and go to are going out not two by two, but four by four. A bigger piece of wood to swing around. And I mean that as an analogy because you're going to have two that are stepping out to directly share. And then you're going to have two that are praying and in prayer that can be praying into, through, during the whole thing and as they're exiting to go out and not just for those two that are sharing the word, but on those that they're sharing the word with. And it's really great that you do that. Because the Holy Spirit, I, I love it 
because the Holy Spirit brings people. And sometimes, and I've had several opportunities that he presented to me and people would come because they hear me whistling, they hear me singing or or they've heard me talking to somebody and when they ask me, am I a Christian? And I say, I am a disciple of Jesus, yes. And then they say, well, I heard you sharing and took, and I was supposed to meet you here. I'm not exactly sure why, but I was supposed to meet you. So the Holy Spirit was pulling at their heart, brought them to that, where we had a little bit of a delay stop there. And I started sharing with them out in the open grass area there, missed our departure time. But what mattered was that I was sharing that word. And then they're crying and they're sharing with me why they were supposed to meet me there and that what was given to me specifically to talk about, they needed to hear that. Things will happen, brothers and sisters. This is why when the Holy Spirit gives you and and gives utterance, to, and that doesn't mean just gets you to speak in tongues heavenly-wise. I shared with you why that's important to do. I'll share with you again, but when the Holy Spirit gives that to you, don't quench the spirit by not following what you're told to do because you don't know when you go around the corner of the next building downtown while you're walking that the person that comes around that corner needed to needed to bump into you, needed to come by you, or they remembered you from some time ago and they were trying to remember a particular scripture because they had seen you in a church before or heard you talking to someone before. Heed the word. And when that word is given to you from the Holy Spirit, that comes from God. Because remember, triune spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, one and yet not, one of the mysteries of God that everybody always tries to figure out and can't. So stop trying and just follow the word follow the truth, follow the way. But we always need to be directing our attention to the Lord. In hopeful anticipation, as my reading is saying, anticipation of what he's going to do. So when you pray, you have to remember that we trust him and we just give to him. But here's the important thing, and I'm, I'm learning this more and more in the last, in this situation, getting here to this situation, and now being in this situation. Um, and I shared with you some before me and the doggos moved here to this location that we're in, where God brought us to. And God's not gonna bring us here to make things more difficult, but things that happen outside sometimes do, and then that difficulty surrounds us, but you can't get caught up in that because that's what Satan wants you to do. That's what he wants me to do. He wants us to get caught up in what's going on and grab on and try to figure out a way that we're gonna do it on our own, and you can't, 
And remember, when we go off and we try to do things all by ourselves, and we sit here and I saw the, I can't remember exactly how it was, but this young lady posted this and, um, When you tell God, I've got this, you're telling God you don't need him. Be cautious in what you speak. Be cautious on what you, you think because what you think, so is it in your heart. I need to say that again. I don't think so. Be careful when you start thinking that you're going to take care of it. You're telling God that you don't need him to be centered anymore. And your Lord who came (laughs) and died for you is now kicked to the curb. What are you thinking? You're not appropriately. But we need to focus on him instead of trying to figure out the things all by ourselves waiting on him. And when we pray and we do this and we focus and keep him constantly in our thoughts and what we're doing as we go about our day, you have to remember to let go of things. Have to let go. Thinking about what was going to happen because it was it was being done right now. And now this the Lord is giving progressive time and timing and bringing answers to prayers about what's going on now. But Satan wants me to be wrapped up in this. Remember what I tell you, when you pray about something and you have a specific prayer that you are involved in, you have to let go. Because if you continually pray and then you hold on, see, this is like taking a swim out into the sea of forgetfulness, which Jesus... uh, took all of our our sins away from us and God throws everything that we give to him and he throws it out into the sea of forgetfulness because he doesn't remember it. We're the the ones that will swim out, pick it up and bring it back and then we trudge that luggage into the house again and then the minions will carry it and throw it up in the attic and they like that because then they can snap it open and kick it around and They cause a fuss and a stir up in our attic. Our attic, of course, being our minds. That's an analogy. So they're kicking all that stuff around up there. Then now all that stuff falls out of those cases that where God put them in and threw them out there and we swam down and picked them up. And now all that stuff is coming out into our thought process again. And it was gone. But we went out and grabbed onto it and brought it back. Same thing happens when you're actively in prayer and you're not letting go of those things. And I was, I was so upset about it. And, and these things that are going on now are really, without going into a lot of great detail, it's, it's a, let me rephrase that. No, it's not because my God is with me. I was gonna say that it's a scary situation. No, it's not. My God is with me. And whom or what shall I fear? Nothing, because my God is with me. And my God tells me he is with me. And my God promises to be with me. He promises, uh, we find that in Deuteronomy, we find it in Joshua, we find it in Isaiah. 
be not afraid, be not dismayed. For I, thy Lord, thy God, am with you, whithersoever thou goest. Remember, that's not just geographically. That's emotionally. Brothers and sisters, when we get up to that high mountain, when we get into the low valley, when we try to run from things that instead of running to the stronghold, instead of running to God, we try to run away and hide from things. God's still there. And people say, well, yeah, but I don't hear him. Well, that's because you're not listening. You're too caught up in trying to get things fixed. And here I, let me, you can't see it, but I'm raising my hand figuratively waving around because I do. And remember this, I always share with you that I have this mirror floating around in front of me that I'm speaking into as I'm speaking with y'all because there are things that are aptly appropriate for me as well. And I have to remember that, yeah, listen, there were things that I brought was brought up a certain way when I was in the military a certain way. And as a military instructor... but it doesn't always work that way. You got to let go. And he who is truly in charge and capable needs to be allowed to do that. So when you don't do that, you get in your own way and you get in his way. And when that happens, he doesn't trip and fall. You trip and fall. I trip and fall. And when you do that, you bust your grill teeth out. So your front of your teeth are all, your smile is diminished. Brothers and sisters, we should be walking around with a smile on our face, need to be in the joy of the Lord. And there are so many that I see that come to the house of God and rarely are smiling. I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't get that. If you're focusing on God, you're going to God's house, you're going to praise and worship the Lord, the God that created and made all things, but yet you can't even smile at guests that are coming that you're greeting, or you can't smile to one another and you have this perpetual frown on your face. What is wrong? What is up? But the thing of it is, you can't be confrontational and tell individuals. You have to pray through and over that. And that's the important thing, is prayer. Pray in all things, pray through all things, pray over all things. And it's very important. And remember that God's problem. Remember infallible truth and our Lord God, creator of all things, is infallible, which means that he is not he is not prone to error. He is not prone to deceit. He is not prone to lie. Whereas on the other hand, you have Satan, who is the Lord of confusion, the Lord of blame, the, the Lord of derision, the Lord of darkness, the Lord of chaos. 
And that's what he stirs up and that's where he wants you to be bound up and that white noise interference that the minions come and bring to you, that's what comes into your life and then you get caught up in that and then you start to, oh, what a whirl, what a whirl, you're wringing your hands and then you sound like the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz when she gets that bucket of water thrown on her and she just melts. You feel like you're melting because you're just being sucked into all that stuff. Well, that's because you're allowing yourself to do so. Kind of like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat and he started walking, everything was fine. When he was focusing on the Lord, he was all happy to see Jesus. And then all of a sudden, he heard the wind and he heard the lightning strike and he looked around and the waves were all high up there. And what happened? Peter started to sink. He didn't drown because Jesus reached in and pulled him up and said, oh, you have little faith. And got him back to the boat and everything was fine. But when you get that focus away from God and get that focus away from him and you start worrying about all the stuff that's going on around you. And incidentally, for the millennials or those of you that have never seen The Wizard of Oz, I'm gonna get back to that analogy that I used because there's a character, she's a wicked witch of the West and she was after Dorothy and Dorothy just got mad at her and uh, because she lit... Something. Oh, she lit the end of her broom on fire and she went after the scarecrow. And of course, the scarecrow's stuff was straw and caught part of him on fire. So she took a bucket of water and she threw it to put the fire out, but it hit the witch. And what she didn't understand was that this was going to melt her. And it did. It's right. And she melted into this big pile of goo, went back to where she needed to be. And then, of course, the big song came out. Where'd she go? Below, below, below. Where they, they practice those things of Satan will go. <laughs> but, brothers and sisters, you've got to focus on the Lord. Focus on his strength, not focus on what you can't do, because he already knows that we can't do many things. He knows our weakness. But the thing of it is that you can't be fearful of that. When you allow fear to drive your reactions and your actions and your emotions and everything that you're doing, if you allow that, then you become fearful. We are not fearfully made. God did not make us with a spirit of fear, but of strength and of power and of a sound mind. Remember, we can find that in, I believe it's 2 Timothy and the description that Paul is giving, to that's how God made us. God made us to be. because And why is that? Because we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, his only begotten son in the kingdom of heaven, and we are heirs of royalty. So why are we fearfully driven? Why are we allowing fear to drive our actions and our reactions and what we believe? As a royal prince of the kingdom of heaven, I denounce these things that Satan brings me in, and in Jesus' name, I rebuke them in my life. Brothers and sisters, be bold, be courageous, and that beautiful suit of armor that God made for us is really actually quite beautiful. He didn't just make it because you're a foot soldier, you are royalty. So when you wear it, it's beautiful. It's polished, it's shiny. And you have on that breastplate of righteousness, that shield of faith, that, that is there. it's beautiful, ornate, but it's a functional purpose. And the sword of truth, put your mind into it, bring that out, 
He's made us and given us a power, not a fear, but to be more than just victorious, but made us to be conquerors. Oof, that's powerful. And if we wait on the Lord and we wait on the Holy Spirit for the guidance and the strength that we, our strength is renewed and we are told that we will mount up with wings as eagles. That you can run and keep running and keep running. And then when you need to walk, you walk and not faint. You don't get exhausted. You won't, you just, the power of the Lord is there. I get wore out in some of this stuff and I'm getting more and more and more. And even some of those, and you have to be, and I warn you in this too at the same time, the Holy Spirit just told me that I need to do this. You need to be careful of those individuals. I know that so many people are online for things. Be cautious of those individuals that are getting on there and you think that they're speaking God's word, but if you listen and the Holy Spirit, try the spirit before you even start listening to him. Remember, try the spirit in all things. And what I am finding is that I have to just delete all that political garbage that's coming. And a lot of these individuals that if you've heard any of these, some of them I've listened to the word because I recognized the name and then I thought, oh, wow, thinking of myself that this is great and that they're doing this. But then as I listen to what they're saying, it's all about self. It's all about their ministry. It's all about what they're doing and not about what God's doing and not giving the power and authority to him and declaring his power and authority, but declaring the power and authority to self. Be careful. And Jesus tells us that there will be many that will come to deceive to rob, to steal, and that even the elect will be deceived. What does that mean? That means that even those that claim to be Christian and those whose intentions were to be in the word of God and to be going to church and to be doing those things will be deceived because they'll follow these individuals. So be cautious, brother and sister, wait on him. And remember that as we wait on him, it allows us to be able to glorify God by the way we're living, the way we're acting, the guidance, and that we really need to depend on God a lot more than we do, that we are, and a lot of people listen to these tape messages and all this stuff of self-help gurus. And to be cautious, because I have even heard some of these that claim to be they're perverting the word of God and declaring that self, that we are so able to do this on our own. We're not able to do it on our own. But here's the thing too that you remember, that if you are in a situation and you look around and no one is coming to be with you, remember that he who you cannot see is still with you always and has promised that. So you stand up and you stand up on your own. However, you're not alone. Get what I'm saying there? I'm going to say it again. Stand up on your own because it's the right and proper thing to do. And if you are in the righteousness of the word, you're not. And you won't be alone because God promises that you won't be. You're standing on your own because nobody else in the fellowship or around there, all of a sudden they decided to desert because 
they're too afraid, but you stand up in bold courage and righteousness. Let's go back to the book of Daniel. Let me remind you of Daniel, remind you of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are their Hebrew names, not Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, which were names of false gods that were in Babylon. That's not their names. And they never went by their Babylonian deity names that they were given. They shrugged those off. They rebuked those. But let's remember them. They stood up boldly, courageously, not confrontational. And the Lord was with them in the furnace when they were put in the furnace. And the Lord was with Daniel in the lion's den when the counselors tricked the king who was supposed to be this all-knowing, all-powerful king of the world. And yet they duped him. And he liked Daniel. Daniel was truthful. He was honest. And he had the spirit of his Lord. The king pronounced that. He said, and he has the spirit of his God in him. He has a good, strong spirit. That spirit shone out of Daniel. And he was put in the lion's den. But what happened there? The Lord sealed the mouths of the lions. And then, of course, there were those that tried to say, oh, well, they fed the lions before they, uh, the hour that they knew he was coming, so they fed them. Well, that didn't work out because when they got tossed into lion's den, as soon as they hit the floor, the lions were on them. And they ate them, devoured them, broke their bones. The Bible tells us that. The power of the Lord. And... I like in the way that the uh, I like the way the prophets write in the Old Testament them. The word of God is is all there, but you have different writing stylizations, and I the Lord allows for that. I mean, he did because it's all in the Bible, but I like uh, in the book of Lamentations, if you remember, because Jerusalem is kind of hard, but remember and hear what I'm telling you about waiting on the Lord. That's a necessity. Don't go out half cocked. Remember, I explained that to you before. You're not really ready and you go out and you get all excited about this great commission thing. And that is, we are on a great commission. You're told to be that, but wait for the guidance of the Lord and be prudent. In the book of Luke, Jesus told the disciples, he told us, he said, wait to be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit and wait in Jerusalem. Don't go out yet. Wait in Jerusalem and it's going to take place. And then the same thing he told, shared with the disciples before he left. He said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for your guide, because if you take off and you try to go on your own, you're going to get lost. But wait for your guide, because the guide's going to come. The guide's going to empower you, and then you're ready to go. You have to wait for the guidance. When you go off half-cocked, you're not ready to go into battle. Remember I told you that, the old guns when they went out, and that's why they tell them, run off, because you're in a hurry, and you 
half cock it and that's a safety feature. You can't pull the trigger to shoot. Anyway. So, and we find this in Lamentations 3, 24 through 26. And I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and never faint. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Teach me, Lord, to wait. That I put on the end. But we need to learn how to do that. And waiting patiently for the Lord, nothing wrong with that. But while you're doing that, you have to lean in with spiritual hearing and open your spiritual eyesight because something may be revealed during that wait. And then you're going to be, then it's going to be known. Isaiah 40, 31 is that when you mount up with the wings I just shared with you. And I'm going to share this with you. And then I'm going to go get ready to go to my father's house. I like going to my father's house. I like the way David writes also. And David's, David's, um, Stylizing is is a little bit different. If you notice when you read and you stay in there, that he does he does he switches a conversation back and forth between his the way he talks to God in that it's for so many everything he's writing is about. But but I like because it 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 kind of switches. But I like the way he talks because he talks directly to God and then he's talking is the way that we should talk to but this is this is in in Psalm 16 and like you will show me the path of life in your presence is a fullness of joy when you are with me that's what it means what David's saying when you're with me and I'm with you and I'm and we're unified and we're together it's joyful. But what happens when we let go of that? We start trying to do it on our own. We muddle things up. We It becomes chaotic. We get confused. We get distressed. And then it's a mess. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And this is... David just reminding himself too. And remember what I've shared with you many times is that you will see that things are not just the physicality of enemies surrounding and being around David, but a lot of the things are, he's got a lot of things that trouble his mind too. And Satan loves that in all of us. For our minds to be so agitated, so caught up in the chaotic issues, that the white noise interference is much easier to get in. 
We have to rebuke that. Remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I even have to remember, brother and sister, remember, I got that little mirror that floats around everywhere I look. So I'm not just talking to you, though sometimes I will speak that way because it's meant to be that way. But everything that I speak is truth that comes from God, the word of God through the Holy Spirit, and I will not make things up. Brothers and sisters, it's just his truth. His truth. (coughs) Pardon me? Stay in his truth. You're in my prayers going out and coming in daily.